Today on the show, we're joined by Jennifer Lake. She serves as CEO of Goodwill of Finger Lakes, which has been working very hard to remain operational during the coronavirus pandemic. And they've done a great job of it. So we're catching up with her to learn more about how they did that and how they made it a reality. Jennifer, thanks so much for being here. First things first, uh, tell us about how you came into this role with Goodwill of the Finger Lakes. So I joined our organization back in 2007 and it was my responsibility to really grow our organization from a talent development perspective when i started we had five stores now we have 13 so it's been tremendous growth and we need to recruit new employees and we really needed to focus on our learning and development programs so that we could retain and then really focused on culture and then three years ago i started leading our donated goods retail store division as part of a natural progression in my youth. Uh, I had the pleasure of working for a retailer and, and was able to leverage that experience. And then last year, our board of directors and our outgoing CEO really worked together to put together a structured transition that would allow me to move into the president role. And then um, the end of March, uh, early April, move into the role as CEO. What did, so if you look at that last, say, nine to 12 months, what did that look like given the sort of roller coaster ride that we have now been on for the last, you know, five or so? You know, it's really funny to think about the fact that it's only been about a hundred and some days since we started this pandemic, not to mention the social unrest with the tragic killings of George Floyd, uh, Breonna Taylor, and Amara Aubrey, to name a few. So it's, it's, I feel like I've lived a year or more in, in that small time frame. But I have, now that things are starting to reopen a bit, um, been able to reflect on that 12-month period prior to it. And, you know, the structured transition was great because it really allowed our employees to know what the plan was for our CEO's departure. She had been here for almost 34 years. So if you want to talk about, you know, following in some tremendous shoes, um, she really is, is a... Is, truly built a legacy. Um, so to be able to give our employees that comfort of knowing what the process was going to be, it allowed me to work with some of our key vendors in our operational units, and then really look to transition some of the funding relationships. While we generate about 80% of our own revenue to serve the community through our mission, that 20% is really important um, from our foundations, from our you know, just general donors who are giving to us year after year. So it allowed for them to have a meeting with myself and our former CEO to really talk about um, what the opportunities are for Goodwill, as well as what is never changing. And, and that's our commitment to people who are blind or visually impaired, our commitment to our 2 one lifeline mission that 
really supports um, 16 counties uh, full-time um, from the Finger Lakes region, Rochester, uh, to the Mid-York region, so over in Utica. So it's, it's really a lot of people that count on us day in, day out for the services they need in order to be self-sufficient and contribute positively to our communities. And what does the, the actual coverage area of, of where uh, Goodwill of the Finger Lakes is, is actually operating? So it's a 20 county region in upstate New York. It's kind of like that big box where um, we're, we're west, obviously, to uh, about Brockport. Uh, we go all the way up to the, the North Country. We don't have a presence there, but um, the way it works with Goodwill Industries International is you have a territory um, that you're responsible for. So we do have long-term plans to, to serve that region. We go south to Cortland um, and kind of everything in between. So if you drop south from Rochester, really your whole coverage area is our territory. And then we go east all the way to Utica. Um, and, and that's our responsibility. So uh, we're serving um, about 16 of those counties now uh, with plans to continue that development um, from a mission perspective, as well as uh, contributing to the growth of our business operations as well. How has brick and mortar had to evolve uh, or the outlook of brick and mortar had to evolve over the last three months, given that we're in the middle of the pandemic and, and sort of that bigger picture, is it changing or, or modifying the way you guys view your brick and mortar presence in the Finger Lakes? So it, it'll change it in terms of the protocols and the procedures. Goodwill is, is that shopping experience. It's, it's a treasure hunt, the, the thrill of finding that unique one-of-a-kind item. And, and I think that there will always be a place for brick and mortar with that. Though I think you'll start to see technology shift um, the, the scope and scale. So being able to take some of those collectible items or those better brands and down the road as technology becomes cheaper, allow it to um, receive push notifications. So say you have a favorite brand or, you know, maybe, um, you know, there are still lots of Beanie Baby collectors. You know, that is one trend from the, the 90s that has not gone away. Um, it would be great if as things become more cost effective, you would get a notification if you've signed up for, you know, your favorite key brands and it pushes you a note that says, you know what, our Macedon store has, you know, 20 Beanie Babies that, that just dropped in our um, collectibles case, for example. So I, I think that consumers are going to demand that a little bit more. You know, we've been safe at home. Um, hopefully most people have been safe at home. And we've come to expect things at our fingertips. More people have used web-based services like Instacart um, or Amazon to, to really just shop from their couch. So I think our platform, shopgoodwill.com, is out there as a, a resource for people. Um, but we have a lot of work to do to get that out there. So people know that, you know, over a hundred Goodwills all sell on this platform and, and we're one of them. So that when you have that need for that unique item, you can go and, and shop and still support the local Goodwills that are doing so much great mission in the communities they're a part of. Has supporting that mission become a little more difficult over the last several months? And, and how are you sort of planning for that evolved uh, worldview that may emerge after the pandemic, when we are in that post-pandemic world, um, if there is sort of a shift in the shopping habits of folks, whether that means there's a greater need or lesser need, 
Um, are you guys sort of game planning for both scenarios or how are you approaching that, uh, that question? So we're preparing for, for both scenarios. Um, so, so during this pandemic, our, our 211 lifeline has, we're almost at 40,000 calls from the Finger Lakes region, from people who are in desperate need of, of basic needs items. Um, we're also seeing incredible need for mental health services. And you know, now people are also thinking about their economic recovery. So people who have been laid off or displaced are reaching out about what that looks like to go back to work. So the need for our services will continue and, and be tremendous for at least the foreseeable future, which we're saying is probably at least nine months. So when you look at the fact that our um, stores generate about half of the surplus we need to fund all of those other services, we really do still need to focus on our growth. So we're making sure the community knows that we need their donations. We've had um, a tremendous influx lately and have been very grateful to our donors who have been very patient as some of our locations have experienced such growth that um, we've had to close early every now and again. So we're, we're very um, glad that our donors understand um, that we do everything we do to support our mission. But from the store perspective, our stores also have community rooms or community centers that have programs that are vital to those communities in them. So from a, a brick and mortar approach, we are absolutely looking for sites that meet our profile of a store as we move forward. Um, as wages have increased, workers' comp, unemployment, insurance costs, um, it's hard to run um, a smaller thrift-based store. Um, because you really have to have a scope and scale that allows you to still generate dollars for mission as well as the overhead that it takes to run these stores. So uh, working with Goodwill Consultants uh, and Goodwill Industries International, we really look for um, a larger space that enables people to drive up and drop off their donations. It needs to be large enough to have a community room that other not-for-profits are eligible to use at no cost to them. Because again, we're, we're part of the community in addition to the programs we provide um, and a large enough sales floor that it will handle the volume of donations that we get. So we have um, probably 20 different sites in the Finger Lakes region that we prioritized that um, really need to be high traffic, high um, access, easy in and out areas for people because the donations are so important to us. But it's definitely a little bit harder when you're looking for um, a larger footprint um, because it's not always as available and our resources are limited. So, you know, really we would look to um, develop maybe one, one and a half stores um, every year as we get back on that growth plan. Um, but that growth has been delayed. We are sadly facing um, probably about a $2 million deficit um, this fiscal year because we've made the difficult decision to, we kept all of our employees um, paid um, and working even though they were at home um, because our employees are so close to um, the people we serve. They're really not that different, a paycheck or two away from it. Um, and even though the unemployment benefit was increased, about half of the people that have applied and would be eligible still haven't even received that first check. So our employees stayed having their paycheck, benefits intact, and we made our retirement contribution. And, and we're committed to doing that as long as we can. Um, but that puts a, a, our growth plans on hold. Um, because we do need to make sure that, that we stay financially viable in this new economic climate for nonprofits.
did that decision to continue to, to keep your employees whole, so to speak, um, did, I mean, you say you have to maintain financial viability as a, as a company, obviously, but at the same time, you know, at what point would you guys have to sort of consider stepping back from that if stores aren't, say, able to get back to really full operation, you know, by, is it by fall? Is it by winter? Is it by, you know, sometime next year? What's that sort of look like for you guys on that front? So our, our timetable is, is honestly constant evaluation. So thankfully, the response to our stores reopening uh, the last week in May has been tremendous and, and people are coming out. Um, they feel safe uh, shopping in our environment. And thankfully, the lifeblood of our stores are those donations. So we've had people bless us with those. Um, so what we're doing is we're projecting out on a quarter by quarter basis. Um, and, and really evaluating our mission-based programs. So um, some of them may not be able to resume in-person services, especially our vision rehabilitation services, because you can't really do some of the services in a safe environment without being you know, really close to someone, and, and it's for a prolonged period of time. So, so we're reevaluating those programs um, and looking to reallocate staff where possible. Uh, but really, it's it's a moving target. So we have to see how each month closes because it's not just our stores. The other half of our revenue comes from our um, Ability One contracts with the federal government. So there's a program that employs people who are blind or visually impaired. People who are blind um, are 70% uh, unemployed. So seven out of every 10 individuals who is legally blind is unemployed. And this program basically works with not-for-profits like us across the country to employ them in a competitive work environment, and then the government buys products. So for us, it's self-stick notepads or post-it pads, and right now in a virtual environment, the government isn't buying <laughs> post-it pads <laughs> or easel pads. Um, so we also make the flags, but people aren't physically signing documents right now. So it's, it's kind of that double whammy um, that really has us you know, evaluating what we're doing. But our, our board of directors, our, we, we live our mission, we live our values, um, and, and that's what it meant. Um, as a new CEO, I definitely didn't want to talk to my board about my first year really running a $2 million deficit. At the end of the day, for now, we're able to continue employing people, and, and that feels like our mission, it feels like our, our values. And, and having that as our lens to guide those decisions, um, we'll continue to do that as long as possible. That said, if, if things don't turn around in both areas by the end of the summer, we, we would have to make some um, additional um, cuts to positions. When you look at donation volume, uh, what, how has that shifted through the pan, through at least the last, say, three to four months? Is it comparable or is it a little bit down or a little bit more since people have a little more time to maybe go through some of their stuff, especially now? <laughs> Everyone definitely took time um, over the time at home to, to clean out closets, clean out garages, attics, basements. So the, the peer number wise, um, donations are actually down from last year. However, they are um, abundantful or abundant, I guess, <laughs> bountiful, I think is the word I was going for in that um, each person is bringing probably five times more than say if last year they brought one bag, this year they're bringing five bags to drop off. So that volume influx um, has been very much appreciated. 
We are storing uh, additional items in our warehouse and pushing as many items out to the sales floor. Um, it, it really takes probably about two to three days for an item to come in our back door and then make it out to the sales floor because of our enhanced protocols. So it's still safe for people, but the, the donation volume is a little bit down, but the amount per donation is up significantly. And, and we're so grateful to the community uh, for supporting our mission programs. When it comes to donations, when it comes to potentially other ways to get involved, what are the best ways for folks to uh, help support your guys' mission and as it will be in the future missions uh, as you go through recovery? So in addition to shopping and donating, which is, is the biggest thing you can do to support us, we also have opportunities for people to volunteer with us. So um, through the United Way's Volunteer United portal, we have opportunities for individuals to volunteer with our ABVI vision services, as well as our 211 lifeline. And the 211 opportunities can be done from the, the safety of your, your home. Um, and, and again, we provide all that training but again, we would not have been able to answer the almost 40,000 calls that we've taken since March 16th without some of our dedicated volunteers. We had about 10 um, ahead of time, and now we're up to close to 30 volunteers that are supporting um, about our 35 employees who are there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, not all of them, but 24 seven uh, to answer people's phone calls. And we've also seen a huge increase in the amount of people texting us. We um, have text capabilities as well as our website that's full of valuable resources. So if someone um, is struggling with that decision to reach out for help, um, about a third of the callers are people who have never had to use public assistance. They've never had to ask if there was a food pantry near them or uh, never faced eviction because they couldn't pay their rent. So it's, it's a really valuable resource and the mental health support, I, I just can't mention enough how important it is when people are feeling fearful, anxious, overwhelmed, um, or even just confused about where they go next. That encouraging voice that's non-judgmental, um, you, you just can't beat that feeling of release of being able to talk to someone about how you're feeling and receive resources that you need. Lots of discussion right now about this economically being the start of a recession. Was, I, I want to ask, uh, in terms of, say, the next 12 to 24 months, um, it, there's obviously a pretty good chance that Goodwill sees a significant uptick in whether it be calls to different services like the ones you were just describing or even just um, more engagement with stores and things like that. Um, are, are you guys, as you're looking at deficits and numbers and all those operational things, uh, is that sort of looming in the back of your mind where like there could be a significant uptick in 2021, even though a lot of folks are just thinking right now, let's get through the pandemic and, and stay safe. Um, it, it seems like operationally there would be some concern on that side too for you guys. So the looming unemployment crisis, and I say crisis because, you know, while it's close to 30% now nationally, um, they really don't expect it to fall much lower than the upper teens or 20%. Um, and I think our region, while we're positioned to weather some of it, will really be dealing with the long-term implications for at least a year. And, and why I say that is we already were a community that, that was teetering in terms of, um, we have robust use of services across the board um, in the Finger Lakes region as well as um, Monroe County. 
And now that system that was stretched where not-for-profits are facing financial challenges now has an influx of an additional group of people that is needing services for the first time. So organizations like Goodwill are planning for that. So we're looking to redirect resources that will allow us to meet those growing needs while also doubling down on programs that we already have in place in the community, like our working wardrobe that provides um, work appropriate attire, be it you know if you're in construction, steel toes and jeans and t-shirts, or um, suits if you need to be in a professional environment. And, and we partner um, with close to 20 other nonprofits uh, to make sure that people have access at no cost to them. So when you donate your stuff to Goodwill, while we do sell it in the store, if our clothes, working wardrobe doesn't have it in the closet, they will actually go and shop on the sales floor and, and bring that right over for a person who needs it. Same thing, our Good Neighbor program partners with over 100 other not-for-profits to provide them the items they need for the people they serve. Uh, a great example of that is we partner with um, several um, domestic violence shelters as well as um, re-entry places. So um, Volunteers of America, uh, Veterans Outreach Center, and they have individual programs that are teaching people how to get back on their feet, live independently, um, and even helping them with their first month's rent, for example. But then they go to an apartment that doesn't have anything. So we actually put together these welcome home packages uh, that we give that have sheets, towels, dishes, you know, utensils. A lot of the things that are donated to us, we then repurpose out through our other community partners to make sure people have what they need. Uh, so while Goodwill doesn't directly give things away, um, we make sure that we provide them to the organizations that can give someone that closed loop, that holistic support that they need um, to ensure that they're back on track to support their family and contribute to their community. And my last question for you is, uh, I want to end on a positive note. So one thing uh, that makes you feel a little bit optimistic about where we're going, not only as, as a society, but uh, with your mission in mind. So Josh, I am so hopeful. Um, there has been a lot of tragic things that have happened over the last three months. There has also been so much hope. So Goodwill has been proud to partner with the United Way and so many other not-for-profits um, to serve as a mask maker collection point. So this community has donated almost 15,000 homemade masks that have gone directly to people on the front lines of serving um, community-based organizations. We also repurposed our warehouse and our fleet um, to support the United Way's distribution of over 500,000 items of PPE or cleaning supplies or different products in the process. Um, and again, collectively, our community has had thousands of volunteer hours to support each other. Um, and, and when you look at some of the um, protests that have happened and, and some of the unfortunate outcomes of um, the social justice challenges that our communities have been facing for years, people have shown up to rebuild, to support each other, um, and have doubled down on spending money with Black-owned businesses and ensuring that, that community members know that we all stand together and that Black Lives Matter. So that hope won't die. That hope doesn't go away. In fact, our region is known for the hope in leading through adversity. And, and I know that, that we will do that again. And, and Goodwill of the Finger Lakes is, is proud to stand with the Black community um, and, and taking the steps we need to do internally 
to make sure that we can become an anti-racist organization as well. Inside the Finger Lakes is a production of FingerLakesOne.com Digital Media. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to shows like this one. It's hosted by me, Josh Durso, and if you want to hear archived episodes, visit InsideTheFLX.com. If you have an idea for a show, email it to josh at fingerlakes1.com or follow me on Twitter at FLXJosh, where we keep the conversation going all week long. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you back here next week.